This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, June 9th, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. The descent into recession was sharp, but conventional in terms of job losses and GDP decline. The recovery, however, is considerably different, slower, and with reduced job creation. And government intervention explains a lot of that. So says Mark Calabria, Director of Financial Regulation Studies at the Cato Institute. In a typical recession, what you see at first is, of, of course, uh, significant job loss, usually in the form of layoffs. Uh, and at some point, you that that peaks. And we've already actually peaked the point in this recession where job losses uh, have reached their their height. Uh, and then you start to get to a point where job creation starts to overwhelm that, and then you start to have positive job growth. Uh, and so the real difference between this recession and previous recessions has been we saw a very typical pattern, although certainly a deep and heavy pattern, uh, of job loss. uh, And that has gone in line with what we've seen in previous recessions in terms of declines in GDP at the same time. But you haven't seen the corresponding growth in jobs that normally accompanies not just coming out of recession, but also the level of economic growth we are actually seeing today in GDP. What does that relationship look like? Well, typically you see a very close relationship. Uh, what it's tended to be, uh, you know, and actually economists have come up with a name for it. They call it Oaken's Law. And what it translates to being historically is that it's almost a 2% change in GDP. GDP usually results in a 1% change in unemployment. So if you are seeing GDP grow by two percentage points, you usually see unemployment go down by a percentage point. Uh, and that's been actually a fairly historically tight relationship. What is different about this recovery? Well, what's important about this recovery is we actually had an amount of time where that broke down altogether. I mean, as I mentioned, that there, there's been a tight numerical relationship, but there's also been the qualitative relationship of that GDP and employment usually move in the same direction. We had close for a year where you saw continued actual growth in GDP, but you saw declines in employment, where unemployment was actually going up at the same time that the economy was growing by other measures. So a complete breakdown of the curve, actually. So you have seen, though, recently a start to where that started to turn around a little bit, but it's very unusual to see that, and we have not seen that in previous recessions. President Obama takes great pains. To this day, here well past uh, a year, year and a half since he took office, to say that the economy was shrinking at an alarming rate. What accounts for uh, this breakdown of this relationship? And I think that that's an important point. As you you mentioned, the president continues to say that he he inherited this mess, and he certainly did inherit a mess. Uh, The interesting part is that mess declined in a way that was actually Typical, painful, but typical of what we've seen for previous deep recessions. What we have not seen is the typical recovery. Uh, There are a variety of factors, and quite honestly, economists are still debating how much of this is due to which factors and how much which due to other factors. Uh, To some extent, we believe that unemployment insurance, for instance, accounts for maybe a third of the increase in unemployment that we've seen. Uh, and clearly, because you're providing longer unemployment insurance, you're providing you know more of an incentive to not look for work. Um, there are also other factors in play. I think the housing market's been a factor in play in terms of the higher homeownership rate has tied people to their homes, and that's probably at a percent or two. Uh, I think the other third, or even closer to half of the 
decline or actual lack of job creation has as much to do with sort of the uncertainty that's coming out of Washington. For instance, you've had a number of factors, uh, such as the health care bill. You know, even now, after the bill has been passed, uh, I guess, uh, what did Nancy Pelosi tell us? We'd have to pass it so we know what's in it. Well, even now, employers don't know what's in it. So trying to figure out what your health care costs are going to be in terms of hiring an employee has been a big part of it. Uh, the administration also has promised a whole new slew of workplace rules. So right now, you don't even know what the environment's going to be in terms of an employer. If you're going to hire somebody, you don't know what you're going to have to deal with in terms of regulations for new hires, and you don't know what the cost of that new hire is going to be. So right now, there's a lot of ambiguity and a lot of uncertainty, and essentially employers are interpreting that uncertainty as in probably the worst way, that this is going to be essentially something that's going to be very expensive for me, and it might get even more expensive than I think. And so what you've seen is Essentially, employers have been expanding output, and they've been trying to meet increasing demand with the same number of employees. Uh, to some extent, it would seem inconsistent and maybe a bit odd to see employee, employers at the same time requiring some workers to work overtime while they're not hiring to fill certain positions. But you actually are seeing that. You're seeing the push to get uh, more out of the employees you have without actually hiring more. Don't you always see in a recovery that employers discover efficiency gains that they would not have discovered on the other side of a recession, and therefore every recovery in some sense is uh, contains fewer jobs in those particular kinds of jobs? Well, to some extent, recessions are used as uh – you know, a way to clean house sometimes, uh, and sometimes to reduce costs, and often a way to say, well, you know, I've had a number of employees who aren't very productive. This is my opportunity to get rid of them. There's always a degree of that, uh, and that's actually factored into the historical relationships we've seen. So, you know, when I talk about the numbers that we've seen in the past, that's part of that as well. You've seen some differences. I mean, for instance, the reason that coming out of the dot com bubble, uh, you know, and also as well the early '90s, those were both jobless but shallow recoveries because the amount of layoffs during those recessions were a lot lower too. There was uh, actually a sort of relatively newer phenomenon of essentially job hoarding where uh, rather than getting rid of uh, employees, many uh, employers were holding on to them, figuring that the economy was going to turn soon and they were just going to carry people uh, for longer than they needed to. We've actually seen this recession be much the opposite, where employers have tried to basically cut as much, you know, almost to the bone in a sense, uh, and not kind of hire that. So yes, to a degree, you know, you're getting rid of less productive workers, so the productivity across the board is going to increase. But at some point, there are limits to what you can do with that. So in some sense, that's a, a dramatic decline in in confidence among employers, whereas in a, a shallow uh, recession, they might be willing to deal with negative cash flow for some period yes. of time. But in this case, confidence collapsed. Exactly. As I, as I mentioned in the two previous recessions, you certainly saw job loss, but you saw a lot of quote-unquote hoarding where you didn't see as much job loss as you've seen this time around with that hope that and that belief that demand was going to turn around quickly. You don't see that now. I mean, I think you see a considerable amount of pessimism on the part of employers of saying, you know, I know it's been a tough couple of years, but it might be a tough couple more. Uh, and you don't see that attitude that you know, it's safe to kind of hire again. Uh, and I think some of that is there's a lot of pessimism on what's coming out of Washington, but there's also a lot of pessimism on, you know, being able to tap credit. You know, you certainly still see credit being very tight for marginal borrowers, whether they're businesses or households. So some of that uh, credit market conditions, overall economic conditions, uh, even conditions about, you know, what is our fiscal deficit going to look like? And I think there's a assumption by a lot of small businesses that their taxes are going to go up. So, 
there's a lot of uncertainty. Most of it is being viewed as uncertainty in terms of things getting worse, not better. Uh, and I think that's why you're seeing a lot of uh, employers hold off. What could Congress and the president do right now were they to wake up and call Mark Calabria and say, what should we do um, in order to dramatically reduce the level of uncertainty uh, when it comes to laws governing how much it costs to hire somebody? Well, to some extent, you know, I think there needs to be, you know, a positive pledge from the president that, you know, the administration itself is not going to move forward on a variety of new regulations simply because it can. Uh, you know, and some of that can be done without Congress. To an extent, I, I think you probably start to see the labor market turn around after the midterm elections if we end up with a degree of gridlock. Uh, because part of the question is, you know, a president or a Congress can say, I'm not going to inject a bunch of uncertainty. But the temptation to do so, if you want to achieve a variety of policy ends, uh, is too strong, in my opinion, to really be credible. Uh, but that said, you know, focusing on not simply a variety of targeted special interest tax credits for green energy or this or that. And so the question is, you know, how do you create an environment where the private sector is the one who's driving the job machine and driving job creation? Uh, and it was very interesting. You saw recently and the president gave a speech at, at Carnegie Mellon and he really talked about, well, boy, we need to create jobs again. But, you know, in his whole litany of how he's going to create jobs, it's we're going to have tax credits for this. We're going to have tax credits for that. We're going to pursue clean energy. We're going to pursue this and that. You know, and it really was a list of how he thought jobs should be created. And I think this is the real flaw in a lot of what Washington is pursuing right now. And the reality is Washington has no idea what jobs should be created. And the best thing that Washington could do is get out of the way, create an environment, you know, of low taxes and at least, I mean, lower regulation and at minimum certainty in terms of the regulatory uh, apparatus. So you know what rules you're going to be dealing with. Uh, and if you get out of the way and you do it in a credible way, then I think the private sector will create jobs. And part of that is there needs to be a solution to long-term fiscal imbalances. Uh, and right now, there's just such a very strong suspicion on business owners that their taxes are going to have to go up in order to pay for new health care obligations, in order to pay for Medicare, Social Security. Um, all of these things, I think, have to be done in a credible way. Mark Calabria is Director of Financial Regulation Studies at the Cato Institute. Read more of his work at Cato.org.